start. Sooners of Oklahoma at 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide. What is going on, Sooner Nation? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode, emergency podcast episode of the Barry and Mac Show. As always, myself, Barry, personal trainer, sports performance coach out of Tulsa, and alongside me, former Sooner wide receiver, 2000 national champ, Mr. Damian Mackey. How we doing today, D-Mac? What's going on, brother? I'm feeling pretty good today, man. Feeling pretty good. If you'd asked me yesterday, I would have been in my feelings, but today I'm feeling a little bit better. So happy to be on Sooner Nation. We we got one in the bag today. I'm ready to talk about it. Let's have a good time. I love it. Well, you know why you're tuning in. The, the Sooners are very close to closing out this early signing day period. There's still a, a few unanswered questions that, that linger but a big one came today. But I really want to talk about that first day. It got kicked off Wednesday. Um, I believe it started with uh, Phil Picciotti, and it kept rolling in from there. But the Sooners got some uh, some big recruits. PJ ended up signing on the dotted line. That was a guy who came a little later in the day. And the Sooners, I wouldn't say they were sweating it, but I know the fans... They've seen this same movie before uh, under the previous regime, so they just wanted to see it happen because we saw what happened later in the day and then on into the evening as as things transpired. But you get PJ, you get Smothers, you get Arnold, which was a huge piece of the puzzle, Samuel, Omasigo signs on the dotted line, a number of just highly rated defensive prospects Essentially, the best defensive recruiting class OU has signed since at least 2015, and probably the best in close to a couple decades. That this historically can be one of the better classes. But let's talk about the the first day. You got Arnold, you got PJ, uh, Derek LeBlanc, Ashton Sanders, a bunch of defensive talent, and. Not really any unexpected flips. Talk a little bit about it. Yeah, you just hit the the main point on the head. We have been accustomed to, in years past, guys we were anticipating or expecting or hoping to uh, stick around to flip. And it's just been a part of the DNA of what we've been. Uh, We saw a bunch of other programs deal with it yesterday, right? We see guys flipping and flopping to and from Oregon. Oregon had a helter-skelter day. We see guys flipping and flopping. I think Tennessee lost a guy and Notre Dame lost a ton of guys. And I mean, right, guys are flipping and flopping. Every single one of our 24 players who were committed to OU signed with OU. Again, we're not talking moral victories. We don't want to be a team recognized for winning the offseason, but that's another brick and a strong foundation. There's something to what is being said and happening behind closed doors with these families, these players, where our signing day was so uneventful 
and, and you kind of alluded to it, Barry. It was so uneventful that we had a historically good defensive class, and we ended up sulking most of the day because of the icing on the cake, the cherry on top, the three different players that we were hopeful would, you know, seal this as one of the all-time greatest classes since probably even like a, a Switzer-type class. One of them turned into a circus. The other one went with Texas. And then one's still on hold. And so that's something that, you know, I posted on Twitter last night. Like, guys, we, let's, let's, let's keep it real with ourselves. Someone show me evidence of a class any time the last 10, 15 years, probably since the early Bob Stoop days when Bob's could essentially go into any household and say, hey, this is Oklahoma, there hasn't been a class with this level of diversity, this level of quality, high-end depth, this uh, level of players where you see their play on their high school film translate immediately into a very clear picture at the University of Oklahoma. And again, just looking at, you know, people like to look at stars and rankings. The stars and rankings align and match up with this class being one you can build a championship team uh, program around. And you stack it with last year. I think I think BV's class last year was a nine, which he closed in like a month and a half. You stack that with the four and some of the strong guys with the five-star quarterback. Things look up. Things look good. I'm, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm grateful for the coaching uh, team that they've put together. And I firmly believe that uh, we're in good hands and, and it's only up from here. So according to 24 seven, uh, the Sooners sit firmly at that fifth spot in the composite rankings. And while, while you were talking, I was pulling it up. It It is five players. So let me give the, the fans the rundown for those who don't necessarily get on the internet, get deep into this stuff. They want to get their information from the Barry and Mac show. Here we go. Samuel Amasigo. 93rd nationally. He's considered the seventh best at his position. Jacoby Johnson, a player that uh, Vickers mentioned, who are being close to on the podcast. Little plug, make sure you guys go listen to that interview. Makari Vickers, respectively, sitting at 89th. Uh, Jacoby, excuse me, was 91st. So you got three players right there. Uh, you've got Caden Green, offensive player, sitting at 80th. Petaway right there at 66th. But then you go up, you get PJ, ranked 25th in the country, fourth at his position. And then the guy we're about to talk about signs on the dotted line today, ranked 14th nationally, second at his position. You've got super Texas safety, Peyton Bowen, offers the Sooners just an elite guy athletically. His acceleration is, is just nasty. Uh, long speed, I think, will need to get developed a little bit when he gets to campus. He wasn't necessarily blowing guys away in the 100 meter, kind of an 11-4, 11-3 guy. But at safety, with his acceleration, it's good enough and you can develop it. There's things you can do there. Um, and I talked deeply about it. I'm going to post some stuff later on uh, Sooners 360 to kind of go over that. But the Peyton Bowen story, he was on Instagram Live yesterday, had the the two hats. Nobody expected that he wouldn't have an OU hat up there. You know, there, there's some conspiracy on if it was under the table or whatnot. Uh, not really going to go into that, but he seems to make somewhat of a split-second decision. 
said it was down to the wire until he grabbed the hat and he picks Oregon. But as we know, and as uh, your former coach, Kale Gundy, alluded to on Twitter, it's not over until that letter of intent is in. It's not over until you are signed. And after that event, it seemed that the OU staff went to work and they did something, DMAC, that we have not seen. At least we haven't seen go in favor of Oklahoma. We've seen it go in favor of other places. The story that comes to mind for me is Kamar Wheaton, right? When he's all OU up until the 11th hour, and then Nick Saban, that Alabama logo, they fly in, swoop him up, and he's a part of the Crimson Tide. What do you think went in to the process of taking a guy who is young, seems to have possibly made and he he admitted to it in in his statement he actually apologized to Oregon and Notre Dame uh, which was a very stand-up move for maybe not handling the handling things as as best as he should have but what do you think went into the process of OU reaching back out talking with him and the family and sealing the deal for him to be a sooner you know it's interesting you asked that question lot of perspective and, and, you know, I guess I would say opinions on social media today. People are, you know, praising him. People are obviously lambasting him. Uh, first things first, just kind of perspective. There's a very small community of people who will ever sit in a position like he sat in. He's a five-star recruit. He's got offers across the table. Who knows what nil, right, with name and likeness stuff that, that was available to he and his family. Uh, um, obviously it, it, it makes it a, a little more convoluted when his girlfriend is at OU, yep. his mom is in love with Notre Dame and his dad is intrigued by what Notre, uh, excuse me, Oregon can bring to the table. And then of course, he's got a brother who's a year younger, who, by the way, is also a stud. I, I, I look at him like as a baby honey badger. He's a guy who just finds his way around the ball and, and he's going to play on Saturdays too. So I think you got to look at that part first, because here's the deal. Can't please everybody. Somebody's going to be upset. And I think as a 16, 17 year old kid, that's not an easy decision to just weigh on as if you're a grown ass man, right? Who's lived life. And you're kind of in a point where you're like, I got to do what's best for me. Lord knows I was the mama's boy. Lord knows my daddy knew how, knew how to apply pressure to me when I was an adolescent teenager and by the way, if you look at my senior picture, Barry, I'm actually being dead serious. My girlfriend's initial was in my left ear. I was, <laughs> I was whooped. <laughs> I was legit whooped. Oh my God. <laughs> it's true story. And here's how the story goes, bro. I went to college and she freaking cheated on me. Like, bro, you cheated on me? Like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So Ooh. I say all that to say, yeah, yeah she did. She even came to Norman for a week. But anyway, anyway, Come I said that to say, man, I, I, I know, right? By the way, we're not going to say her name, but uh, she definitely lives in Louisiana and she's a Creole. Anyway, let me stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, not too much info. <laughs> As we I know, know Sooner Nation is ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> give her her, give her, her, her home address. We're actually, we're actually good friends. We're, we're good friends. Uh, that's good. Things that's worked good. out well for both of us. Things worked out well for both of us. But you got to think about those things. And then you think about... Right. 
mom is saying what she wants and dad is saying what he wants. But at the end of the day, he's going to be 18 and then 19 and then he's going to be a young man. And then he's he's going to be in college dorms on a random Thursday. And, and, you know, if he's in if he's in Oregon and in October, it's going to be raining. And if he's in Oklahoma in February, it's going to be freezing cold. And if he's in South Bend. God forbid, right? Who wants to, who the hell wants to go to South Bend? Like, you know, he's got to look at leprechauns all the time. So those are decisions that we are obviously mostly invested in just seeing the stars and what happens in Saturday and the fall, right? And, and what, what that amounts to in three to four years in terms of alumni who go on to play on Saturday. But this is that young man's life. It's his life. And, you know, I, I just kind of reflect on my own situation. I'm like, dude, there was not 1% of me that wanted to leave California. I was going to Stanford. And if I wasn't going to Stanford, I was going to USC without question. I tear my ACL. My best friend sympathizes with me. His family's from Oklahoma. They send me to Norman in the middle of January. It's like nine. It's like how it is right now. Whatever the temperature is right now, it's like that's what it was when I went on my recruiting visit. And I hated it. I liked the people. I was amazed by the amount of history there. But I wasn't going to know freaking Oklahoma. So I can sympathize with someone like Peyton Bowen and trying to figure out what he's going to do. And by the way, I didn't have social media. We couldn't go live. There weren't thousands of people. Got, there were thousands of people who watched his live. Barry, I think I sent you this in our group text. When I clicked on, because I don't follow him on Instagram, but I clicked on his Instagram. He had 80, like 400 followers. 10 minutes later, he had 9,700 followers, 1,300 people had followed the young man in the, in the, in the matter of seven or eight minutes. Oh. So those are, those are aspects to this equation that had no, I didn't, you know, I can't even give my opinion on how I would address it because I was not prepared, nor was I required to address something like that. So here's, here's the thing that matters to, to me. I just want the young man to be where he feels the most comfortable. And listen, let's do some deductive reasoning. First things first, we all saw what Dean posted and what was what was, what was taken off of Twitter. By the way, that matters. If you don't know, I'm not going to say it on the pod, but if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like Dean. his girlfriend goes to OU. Hello. Leave it to Dean. Hello. His <laughs> I know, right? His girl goes to OU. Number two, his best friend is going to be the starting quarterback at OU, number three, proximity. Let's see. Norman is probably 100 miles from, from Denton. Less? Yeah, it's quick. It's quick. Right? It's it's less because it's an hour and 15, 20 minutes. Oregon, it's a plane ride. South Bend, it's a plane ride. Right? If rumors are correct, mom was concerned about service. Hello, soul mission. And then let's just say maybe Oregon has a better nil package. And I don't know the details of whatever he got or didn't get, or if that stuff was even a part of the equation for he and his family. But those are things that, again, a lot of people and us, whoever, right, the fans are going to kind of just gloss over, but his family has to crunch that stuff. And yeah, oh, well, yeah, lots of times he did, but he clearly hadn't made his mind up. And I, you know, I said to someone, um, on Twitter, they were like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, man, if the kid hadn't chose OU and he maybe he chose OU initially, but his heart was really in Oregon, I wouldn't be mad at him because he went to the place that was right for him. Like that's at the end of the day, that's what we got to solve for. And it doesn't hurt us 
obviously, you know, talking about our recruiting class and talking about our needs and talking about what he brings to the table. But for him, I'm just happy he kind of has closure to end this process because I know it weighed heavy on him. And I th- I mean, th- th- it's not like his girlfriend was at, you know, Notre Dame and Jackson Arnold was at Oregon. They're both at OU and they're both within driving distance. His parents can come see him every weekend, which I'm sure he doesn't want. But like there has to be a level of comfort and solace and knowing the family can stay close. And, you know, young brother obviously is in a position where if things work out for Peyton, the family can have both sons at the same school and, and build some camaraderie there. So I look at it to win for the program, Barry, you, you alluded to it. How many times have we been the bridesmaid to players who that was the scenario for them? We're trying to recruit a Georgia kid out of Georgia. We're trying to recruit a Cali kid out of Cali. We're trying to recruit a Houston kid away from LSU or A&M. Right. Well, this one worked in our favor. Right. Murphy's law went for us. You know what can go right finally did. And I think we got some reciprocity from some situations we've dealt with the last 15 and 20 years with kids where we really should have probably got the signature. But proximity or girlfriend or mama or whoever the case may be was the the obstacle in our way. This time it worked out in our favor. And I think one thing that um, Sooner Nation kind of, I don't want to say miss, because I want to i want to give the fans their respect, because uh, quite a few pointed it out. But when BV was hired, he said that, that relationships are, are going to matter with recruiting for him and his staff. He said that he doesn't want commitments if guys aren't fully committed. And maybe him and Bowen, maybe they've had that that discussion multiple times. And I would venture to say they probably have. If I if I was a betting man, you you knew Coach Venables, uh, you know, in a closer way. But I would venture to say that discussion was had on multiple occasions. So you get to this day, and I think you cannot mistake Venables' approach of relationships wanting that commitment early on uh you can't mistake that for not being aggressive to get the best player and i think in this particular case OU really recognized what Peyton Bowen means to this class it seems like what OU did was go in and solidify some points and Chris Mason on Sooners 360 kind of alluded to this as well OU solidified some areas that needed solidifying, and and they seem to just remind him of why Oklahoma is a good choice for him. And you mentioned it. The geography is in his favor. You know, playing near Texas. I think of that drive from Tulsa to Denton, but it's even closer from Oklahoma City to Denton. It's, it's a very, very easy drive. And you have Jackson Arnold coming in. There is... That, that relationship there, which any, you know, kind of homesickness or anything like that is sort of mitigated to an extent when you have familiar faces around you, having your girlfriend there helps. At the end of the day, when you're not, these aren't grown men with 10 to 15 years of experience in their careers, and it can be hard to have those tough face-to-face decisions uh, particularly with people you like, you know, if you're not used to doing that, if you're, 
you know, star athlete at the school, rarely do you have have to deal with with situations where you need to, uh, you know, tell someone something that they don't like. Right. It's it's not really something that comes up on a day to day basis. But in his particular case, he was going to have to have these tough conversations. It seemed like at the end of the day, he did. And he ends up at Oklahoma. Offensively, want to cover that really quick because we went over the defense. OU gets Arnold on the dotted line. You know, Petaway is solid. Uh, Smothers is in. How do you rate what the Sooners did on the offensive side of the ball? Because we also know there's possibly still some things out there on defense. But offensively, outside of the portal, it feels like things are, are mostly in place. You being a former offensive player yourself, uh, where do you stand or or grade on what the Sooners did on this early signing day? You know, it's interesting, right? We've, we've officially gone through two complete recruiting classes uh, for Coach Brent Venables. Here's a couple of alarming things I want to pay, pay homage to. Do you know how many offensive linemen we signed in uh, Lincoln Riley's last three years? As head coach, take us uh, take a stab at it. Mm, let's see, one, two, three. Let's say six. Let's say nine. Uh, you know, you, yeah, yeah. We had a couple. Of, it is. It's actually nine. Do you know how many we've signed the last two seasons? We got like what four, five this year. Four this uh, year. Four this year. Four this year. How many was there last year? Three. Seven. So we did. We've done seven in two years. Seven in two, yeah. Uh, and we did nine in three years. Which, by the way, of the nine, do you know how many are still here? Oh Half. my gosh! Yeah, not a lot. Right. So we're living and dying by our portal, and 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 and, and I guess I just want to speak to the fact of a vision versus you know shooting darts. Right. It it just felt to me. It was important. It felt to me like, you know, Link may have been a guy who was like checking scoop or checking, you know, 24 seven, or if, if it was around back then checking 360, you know what I mean? Like, I think it was, it, it felt like he had to have the props of having an offensive, uh, a, a culmination of, or collaboration of players to look good mm. versus creating and having a vision to say, okay, these are the ingredients we need to make our souffle. And when I look at this staff, or excuse me, when I look at this class, I'm sorry, here's what I see. We'll start on the O-line. I, I see, and you, you'd probably say better than me, um, but I know, I know a good athlete when I see one, I see feet. I see guys who bend and move their feet. Now we got guys need to, some of them add weight, some of them need to get stronger right i don't know that we have three or four guys who are plug and play green is potentially one of those guys yeah i like howling i'm a howling fan bro oh I, I, me way too he moves his feet on the second i mean he's gobbling up linebackers like it's nobody's business yep. and that translates that translates like those are the things you look at and they translate very simply to the next level but you look at these guys and it's like, yo, we have the same position, coach. What the hell? It seems to me like he was told what the vision was and what exactly, you know, we wanted in terms of the ingredients to success. O-line, solid, solid, solid B. 
<clears throat> solid B. I think we want more top shelf talent at a place like University of Oklahoma. I think a six and six record doesn't help us. Um, I think, you know, I think the 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 more award four, five, six, it might even be six years ago now, is definitely something that is if we can probably still use, but it's time for us to bring the next layer of studs out. And I think Harrison helps that, right? Being a young kid who's homegrown, who was recruited by us that we can market. But I give it a B. Um, running backs, I, I, I give it an A minus, man. I think you do you do thunder and lightning every year. He, mark my words, Smothers is everything I think. He, he didn't play this year, so it'll be interesting to see. But I think his body and his growth and his development, but his acceleration and ability to be untouched in space was just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like it's like Percy Harvin. Uh, a Reggie Bush. I don't know how fast he is, but like he's a guy who he's where they aren't all the time at the second and third level, and that's what you want at running back. Yep. But Caleb Hicks, I'm just telling you, we, we, you know, as much as we loathe, you know, Sermon, he went to Ohio State and and blew up, right? So, uh, we were a different team when Stevenson was in the lineup versus when Stevenson was not in the lineup. You get a dancing bear at running back. Low center gravity, huge trunk, you know, quick feet, can get to the second level, run with some forward lean. We we just haven't recruited a ton of that guy lately. We just have not. And to have that as an option, just go back to the days when Stevenson, you know, those, that Oklahoma game, second half of the season, the Texas Tech game, second half of the season where he comes back and he's just leaning on people. Those are the games that aren't never close because – the defense quits. They're just like, dude, I don't want to tackle him. Third and short, screw it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to sub him and let him fall forward and get a first. We needed a player like that, and I'm glad we got him. Running backs, A-. minus. Receivers, I'm going to throw a caveat in there, and obviously you know this because you're connected to this closely. It's an A-. minus. I think we got I'm, – I'm a huge fan of Brown. I think Brown's the most talented top to bottom potential at, on campus the day he walks on campus size frame speed cod uh, uh tenacity routes when i watch his film I, I i see an aj green like that's what i see i see a guy and, and i'm not saying that's you know somebody says cd lamb i think he's a little different than a cd lamb cd was a finesse guy yeah. cod guy Brown's got a little more dog in him. If and, and CD was a dog. He's the best to ever do it at OU. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to take anything away from that. But Brown has a little bit more grime and grit to him. And he's not if as he big reaches his potential. As yeah. C yeah. Yep. CD was not as big. If 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 Brown gets his potential, who knows? Sky's the limit. Then of course you got your Z and Petaway, uh polished, not polished, but just versatile. He's run a lot of the routes you need him to run, and he's going to run away from people. But you add the kid that, again, something else that people don't talk about, and it's not so, it's something that went under, you know, under under this behind the scenes is these preferred walk-ons. We're, we're stacking the squad with quality, you know, Freeman's a preferred walk-on. Let's not forget about that, right? We've got guys who are coming in and adding depth, and they got the kid out of, what is that a Noble? Is that right? Noble, Oklahoma? 100 catches, 1,700 yards, yep. something like that? Yep. I, I mean, I watched his film, and I, I can't believe he doesn't have a scholarly office somewhere. It is the kind of wild because he's, he's a solid athlete. 
He's not he's a not a bad kid. athlete. He's a D1 kid all day and twice on Sunday. I'm like, what? This kid? And so bringing in consecutive years, those style of guys where your third and fourth team uh, is a player who, if things go bad, can come in and, and play productive football. Uh, that, that's a good deal. So I, I give the receivers A minus B plus quarterbacks an A solid, solid, solid. A. you got an alpha who's athletic, who can throw it, who competed, went to the camps, went to the, you know, the quarterback, whatever the quarterback things caught. I forgot what it's called, but he went out there and won the MVP. Elite that's 11. An, elite 11. That's an A. Um, tight ends. We'll see what they do with, uh, Man, the Nebraska kid, I like him at backer, bro. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I know we we need a difference maker in, in that wide position. But, man, that kid, I, you find a way to get him on defense and his physicality and his ability to move in space, I just think he's another – he's he's actually a piece. And BV said it in the, in the interview yesterday on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> they asked him, he said, tight end first. But BV immediately said right afterwards, like, man, but he could play linebacker for us. Yeah, <laughs> he was thirsting <laughs> for that. Yeah. And yep. Teddy, got, Teddy got all excited. Shout out to Teddy, man. That's 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 teammate. But, you know, man, you look at that stuff, Barry, and I, I don't want to take too long to say that it's purpose driven. It's purpose driven. The guys make sense. We're not, you know, we didn't get seven tackles and no inside guys. We didn't get three receivers who look identical. We didn't get two 5'11", 182-pound running backs. Like, they are stacking the deck to be a problem. And I think, you know, I don't think, I know. I know BV wants to tell the Big 12, uh, you know, kiss my ass on the way to the to the SEC as we whoop it. And then, obviously, we're stacking our talent so that when we get there, it'll be game on from uh, week one of the first season. Man, I, I'm pretty pretty much there with you on the greats. Um, Logan Howland, I, I've said it for a while, and I'm going to stand on this like I stood on Gavin Freeman. I think Logan, his his floor is is a little lower than Green's. I think Green is the type of guy who maybe he gets to Norman has a good spring and you could see him, you know, maybe vying for a guard spot. Not sure if they maybe want to move him out at tackle. Depends on what they've got there. But Logan, the if you go and watch him play basketball, just what he does on the basketball court, you know, the coaches love that stuff. The way he moves his feet, uh, the way he can hit the ground, get right back up real quick. Um, he, he has a, the stretch shortening cycle is very good in that fella. Um, but I want to go back to defense really fast, and I just want to point something out to to fans who said, "Well, you know, in years past, we have gotten guys. You know, the the, the Sooners have brought and pl- brought players in who are that high four star, fringe five star." I'm going to give you guys three words, and actually, Coach Venables alluded to this in his uh, media day session that you that you spoke of that he did with uh, Teddy, and I think it was Mike Houck. Three words. Dynamic visual acuity. And this is something that I thought was, was missing when it came to evaluating players on defense, right? Because you get to the D1 level, there's very little 
separating certain D1 athletes. They're all strength-wise really strong, speed-wise. All of them are pretty fast. You have some that are faster than others, but varies by position. And some guys who just, you know, stick out like a sore thumb, either good or bad. But for the most part, you got a lot of guys thrown in the mix. You have some fast guys who just struggle at everything. You've got some slower guys who make plays all day long. The ability, and the reason I say those words, dynamic visual acuity, the ability to be in the game, in the moment, process information, and be fast to the ball is a skill and an attribute attribute in and of itself. And what you saw in years past, and one of the reasons the defenses struggled mightily, was players just could not do that. They, they weren't good at seeing seeing information, processing information, attacking the ball. You, you see a good evaluation with a guy like Canick, and I just have a hunch that is what you're going to continue to see as guys start trickling in and you see the, the turnover uh, with this BV defense. But one of the things he said was he doesn't just want guys who are fast. He wants guys who are fast to the ball. He was very specific when talking about that in terms of defense. It's not just about can you go out, you know, when you're in shorts and a t-shirt and run a 4-4. That's great. It's all about can you process information and apply that on a football field. And that's where you've got to know how to watch film. You And when I say that, you've got to know what you are looking at. Because a lot of guys who are just bigger and better than others can show up in a high school tape. And, and put on a show to some extent. And if you don't know what you are looking at in terms of is an athlete processing and is, is he making that play because he's just bigger and stronger than everyone else? Or is he making that play because of his ability to assess, engage, right? Have his body ready to go and attack and finish the play. And, and I think that's where this staff has differentiated itself from the previous it is the evaluation of of defensive talent being able to do that uh so right now the Sooners they, they sit at fifth in the 24 uh, 7 composite I believe they were fourth on uh, ESPN yesterday without Peyton Bowen um there's still some stuff left out on the table DMAC we won't spend too much on the on the rumor and innuendo everything hanging around um but just overall how do you see this class in terms of what, how it fits historically? And then just in any comment or any thoughts on what's still left out there for the Sooners? Yeah, big deal. This is a big deal. It's a big deal. By the way, last year was a big deal. Last year, Coach V, Brent Venables, had a better defensive class than Lincoln Riley ever had in his career at OU. This year, Coach V, Brent Venables blew that class out of the water. So we've got to add context. You can use data. You can use stars. You can use rankings. You can use what's it called? Well, the three, all the sightings, uh, all the sites can get together. What's the what's that ranking called? They have like composite. a collaborative one. Composite. Yeah. You can use composite. Go look at it. We've got guys on the squad. Uh, three sixty way better at data than me. 
they pull the charts all the freaking time. So, so that part matters. Here's the other part. No one's talking about the D, the D tackle who, who portaled in from Notre Dame. No one's talking about the edge slash cheetah defender who portaled in from Indiana. No one's talking about the safety who just portaled in today from Texas Tech. What do all three have in common? They all bring experience and winning football to a team trying to replenish its ranks with quality depth. Those three guys, I mean, I think they expect that they sign to start. I think the expectation is he's going to come in and be a starter. I -hmm. think the kid from uh, Notre Dame is going to be a contributor who comes in. He may not be the alpha. Who knows? He could. Uh, Notre Dame has has traditionally had better D linemen than us the last 10 years, I'd say. Easy. But he's definitely going to be a guy who keeps the bar raised when your second group of, of players are in. And then go watch Pearson's film. Holy freaking moly. Go watch that young man from Texas Tech play and see how he plays. What what, what was that? What was that term you used, Barry? Something, something. Dynamic visual acuity. That thing. Acuity. Go look at the dynamic visual acuity. Go see how fast Pearson gets to the ball. I don't know how fast he is. I don't know if he's going to run a 4-4 in shorts. I think he's a guy who gets a cup of coffee minimum based upon his film and what he's done previous to being at OU. But I got to tell you, the coaches are excited about him. You know why? Because of that 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 long word that Barry knows how to say that I don't even know how to spell. <laughs> right? Like that, that again, it goes back to that souffle. Coaches making souffle. I don't even know how to spell souffle. I don't think I've ever tasted souffle, but it sounds like it tastes good. And you know what I'm saying? It probably smells good when you're putting the ingredients in the pot or however you make it. These guys are all a piece of that puzzle. And, and you guys heard Coach say yesterday, we have plans for six to ten more guys. Well, check the box. We got Pearson today. That means we've got what, five to nine more players to add to the, the, the pot. And here's the great part about it, Barry. We'd love to have them. We don't need any of them. Mm. We don't need any of them. Man. There, isn't a, there isn't a layer of desperation. Do you guys remember a couple of years ago when we got the kid from Cal and we're like, what are we going to do? Do you remember the year before when we got the kid from UCLA, Murray? And we're like, what? Like, we did not have options. I'm here to tell you. Word on the screen is Sexton and Taylor and Bird and Park are all stepping in because the, 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 the graduating class is either opting out or having an owie and these kids are coming in stronger, more agile, and meaner than the group ahead of them. Why? Because you're stacking that quality depth. We can argue back and forth on who should have started last fall and, and who should have got reps, but that's kind of over now. That 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 season has come and gone. We're now into this bowl season, and then we're getting ready to be in the offseason and in the spring. It sets up pretty good for us to go get, you know, bowl games are going to end, and there's going to be another wave of players who – like Caleb Williams last year, wanted to play in their bowl game first before they hit the portal, and we're going to have an opportunity, right? I think we still need an alpha on the D-line. I think we also need an alpha D-end. There's some rumors going around that. We've got a couple of those guys in the works. I would love another backer, especially if uh, the Nebraska kid's going to play on offense, which it seems to me he's going to start out at tight end. 
So we need another backer. We need to give pro- provide more competition at the second level of defense, even though we've already got a couple of pieces between my favorite, my favorite recruit in the entire class. Who's my favorite recruit in the entire class? Barry. Who who have I been just cheerleading for? Are you have you been paying attention to who my favorite recruit is? Oh man, I know you like Hicks. Lewis Carter, baby. Oh, yeah, Lewis Carter. Oh, for sure. Lewis Carter. I'm all over. I think he's a prototypical university of georgia willie backer 100 percent. how long will it take him a year a year in year year two he'll be starting healthy and he can and he's a smart guy like we assume he is his body his acceleration his aggression he he's the makeup of we want seven of those dudes playing backer for us in two years two three years for sure by the way sammy oh he's growing on me big time It'd be interesting to see where they end up playing if he's a Mike or if he's a guy who rushes or I don't know. We'll see what they do with Samuel. But I love two years back to back going to get the the four backers that that BV has gotten, uh, Kanek and and uh, Lewis and Carter and Sam. Oh, I think those are all guys who are going to be pivotal to us and give us a lot of flexibility and options. But just on the way out. I don't want to forget the portal. Um, I, I think it's so huge to Lambeauan. I, I The drama, <clears throat> listen, people like drama. People like going to the movies. People like seeing a spectacle. In this one instance, it, it was a spectacle in our favor. That's not bad for recruiting. Rumors about him and Jackson and the rest of the crew texting, you know, DJ Hicks saying, hey, man, let's finish what we started. That's not bad. That's not bad press. That's good for us. So we'll see how we finish. Um, these are all things that we can start to, you know, count towards the possibility of a really, really, really good season number two. And I'll say this and then I'll pass it back to you. Coach came and signed a, signed a deal that says I get a bonus for seven wins. I know coach, he ain't leaving money on the table. I, I think they're planning to, you know, they're they're definitely aiming to win in this bowl game. But that also is not our standard. Trust me when I tell you, Big 12 or bust next year. And I'm not saying that to put pressure on coach. I'm saying that because I'm sure he puts pressure on himself. Big 12 or bust. Texas, kiss our ass. I got y'all win. You, you got some payback for a whole bunch of ass whoopings and lamentings that you guys have dealt with for us the last 15 years. Go back and read and look at the numbers. Oh, it's going to be a grudge match in October. Baylor, y'all not going to out-physical us. K-State in Manhattan, be prepared. OU, and I'm not trying to throw Kool-Aid and Crimson Color, anything. I'm telling you what I know. Come this fall, uh, Jackson Arnold develops like we need him to. DG sticks around. DG sticks around. That old line develops in the way that 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 they're talking about. I expect our defense to be the best in conference. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I expect our defense to be, which means there's got to be some turnover because some of the returning starters need to be on the bench. And I expect it to happen. That's all I got. I think to just encapsulate this whole thing and really put it in perspective, it's that the Sooners landed an historically good class, particularly on defense, 
and they did it in a year where they went six and six. I mean, it wasn't to their standard at all. And I think that alludes to you kind of talking about what Coach Venables has done. He has laid out a clear plan. Vickers said it on the podcast. He said whether he went to OU or not, that he wasn't even that far down the process of saying yes or no. OU, Coach Valai, Coach Hall, Venables, they already knew and were able to express, articulate what they envisioned him doing once he's a Sooner. And, and I think that that cannot be understated for just the level of detail. And, you know, that there's things that we can talk about with, with coach in terms of time management and games and whatnot. But when it came to this recruiting cycle and closing the door and in when it came to nut cutting time, he got it done. He he was able to uh, to get the job done with Bowen, and he still got a shot on some others out there. So stay tuned. We're gonna keep covering it. I'm not gonna spend a whole bunch of time, but I just want to say, Sooners360.com was quick to the story on a lot of this and first to the news. So make sure you're subscribed over there. The VIP has a lot of stuff jumping. Uh, so go uh, get you that subscription today. Uh, DMAC, anything as we uh, bail on out of here? Yeah, I just wanted to, I was, you actually made me laugh for a second when you were saying that last comment. <laughs> you know what I realized today? Like, the VIP versus the water coolers? Like, it's kind of like classes. Like, <laughs> I was hanging out in the water cooler today, and if you're, not, if you're not over there, you don't know what I'm talking about. But I was like, it's not that fun over here. But I, then I jumped over into the VIP, and it was cooking, and guys were doing their thing. But... You know, listen, it's taking on a, a mind of its own. Um, super blessed to be in a position to be in that environment. It's super fun. The guys love it. The, the football talk, the the analytics, the analyzing and, and high-level conversations over there are pretty unique and pretty sweet. And I'm not a guy that, you know, you're not going to hear me pub a bunch of stuff a bunch. But I want to say this. Can't please everybody, nor do you want to please everybody, but you want to take care of those who take care of you. And uh, I've been super grateful to be introduced to this whole world over a decade ago. You guys know the story, man. Josh from Scoop hooked me up and and took me on a journey, man. And I'll always have super love and respect for the guy. I just think that he he does a great job and and he introduced me into what, you know, this has turned into today. And and, and there's a lot, of, you know, you hear the haters and the people who have a lot of feelings and emotions. Listen, man, we're all in business. And I, 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 I'm the type of guy who I want to show love to people who show love to me. I ain't a hater, man. I want to see people win. I love seeing people be successful. And I, I got to tell you this, bro. I didn't know at the time, but gosh, dang it. I'm super proud of what we're building. And I'm not going to apologize for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to like, you know, oh, you got, nah, man. You know, the opportunity presented itself and it, it's been a blast rocking with the squad and, 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 you know, hearing all the insider information and, and developing a close bond and creating a platform. We said, man, we want to focus on the game. We want to focus on the X's and the O's, the scheme, right? It, it's, it's really been something that I'm proud to be a part of. And, and I just can't wait to see what continues to happen down the road. 
And man, just to real quick too, I want to shout out just the the community at large. You know, the the Sooner recruiting and news community has been super cool. And I heard you give Josh a shout out, but you know, Drum and bro, Thune. Josh, Josh and Carrie, man, they're good people. But yeah, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, man. But uh want to shout out Drum and Thune. They did a boatload of work on this thing. Uh, Tyler McComas over at KREF. There's just so many good people in this community. And I think everyone deserves their due. You know, sometimes there there is a, you can have a perspective of scarcity or a perspective of abundance. And I choose to have the perspective of abundance. There's nothing wrong with more OU content being available. And that's the, the the fans win, the people involved win, the the team wins because it's more good, positive, respectful exposure. You know, we'd be critical, but the exposure is still good for the team and it's good for the program, right? We're helping put eyes on on certain players, right? You get guys like Vickers here on for an interview, and he was just fantastic. So, I think it's good for the community at large, but. I'll leave it at that. Uh, Sooner Nation, make sure you go rate and review the podcast. Go follow us on Twitter at Barry and Mac SHW. You can find Damien at D underscore Mac 13. And mine is at B Wise Fitness at letter B W I S E Fitness. You can also go follow us on Instagram at The Barry and Mac Show. We will uh, be back again next week with a bowl preview. It's getting cheesy. Oh, God. It's getting oh, cheesy. Uh, hey, by the way, $4 tomorrow, man. We'll find out if I owe $4 or if I win 4 bucks. So that'll be uh, That's right. That's <laughs> I've right. I've been getting DMs, bro. People are like, I want my $4. So, you know, today I had to go back and like, yo, I'm back in the game. <laughs> I got the opportunities. So we'll see how that works out tomorrow. I love it. Well, Sooner Nation, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you soon.